Psalm 118. Starting in verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, His mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, His mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. <clears throat> All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. <clears throat> Drop down to verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me and become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. You know, we come here on Wednesday mornings and, and we have a good time together, hopefully. <laughs> I hope everybody would say they have a good time. Um, we spend a few minutes in prayer and a, and a few minutes in the Word, and then we head out to face the day. And today, I want to remind us that this is the day that the Lord has made. You know, we read these news items not to, you know, I joked earlier, but we don't read the news items just to depress ourselves. We read it because, you know, we want to have our eyes open and see what's happening in the world around us. And, and the world around us is in bad, bad shape. And um, we are the agents of Jesus Christ that are to go out and spread the good news of the gospel, the good news of hope, real hope, and the good news of, of power and, and love and grace and salvation. And, and so that's why we read those articles, um, so that we can understand just how desperate the lost world is for Jesus. And we uh, want to remind ourselves that today is the day that the Lord has made. Now, as such, there are a lot of things that can and will present themselves to each of us. We know that because of the Bible. The Bible has plainly told us many things that you and I are guaranteed to encounter in our daily lives. Things like trial and struggle and difficulty and temptation. We're going to encounter relationships. We're going to encounter enemies. We're going to encounter opportunities to minister, opportunities to worship, all sorts of things. If the Bible says, hey, you're one of God's people, you can look forward to this today. Now, beyond the plain promises that we see of those things in Scripture, we have the example of God's people living out their lives on the pages of the Word. And we have to remind ourselves that the pages of Scripture are practical and they're delivered to us so that we can know how to act and when to act, what to avoid, who to trust, those sorts of things. And so today is the day that the Lord has made and today we will each be faced with a number of decisions. Now I see this illustrated wonderfully in 1 Samuel chapter 24. What's happening there is David's on the run from Saul and he and his men are hiding in a cave from the army of Israel. 
<clears throat> and Saul comes into that cave to relieve himself. And David is there in the back of the cave with his mighty men. And he's presented with a very powerful decision that will drastically affect his future. First Samuel 24, 4 says, The men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. This is a familiar story to um, us, but it's interesting to point out that David had this decision to make, but for him there was no theophany. You know, the Lord didn't appear to him and give him the simple answer to this decision, to this choice. You know, you see many times in the Bible when people are faced with choices, you know, in the Old Testament, Jesus would come in the theophany and, you know, talk to Joshua or talk to Abraham or these different other people and kind of lay out to them what was going to happen. But in this situation, David had to make the decision himself, though he was not without the help of scripture and, and prayer and his knowledge of the character of God. Now, each of us are going to have to make decisions today. Maybe they will be business decisions or personal decisions. Maybe they're about things that could increase our wealth or secure our standing at our careers. Maybe it's something altogether different. Uh, all of us are going to make decisions today. Now, like we've seen with David, just because a decision might benefit us materially or financially, even vocationally, it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Thus, as we're out in the world today and tomorrow, when these sorts of choices present themselves to us, it's, an, it's incredibly important that we include God in the decision-making process, that we fall back on the Word of God and the examples that He's given to us. And we need to listen to the still, small voice of the Spirit who will guide us if we will listen. Because single decisions can change the course of our entire lives. And really, single decisions can change the course of human history. Abraham's single decision to go into his Egyptian maidservant changed the course of human history. We read some articles today about the, uh, the effects of that decision that he made as he uh, fathered Ishmael and the nation that came from Ishmael. We need to be sure that we are in communion with the heart of God and his will for our lives so that when we're making decisions, we're making them according to God's plan. Now, today is the day that the Lord has made, and today we need to live as disciplined men. Discipline is one of our best tools in daily living. Daniel, of course, was a man who was incredibly disciplined in his personal life. He prayed regularly and specifically each day. He was disciplined there at the beginning of the book to, you know... Uh, to his diet and, and making sure that he wasn't eating the things that were defiled to him. And so when difficulty and trial came, Daniel was strong to withstand because he was disciplined in his daily living. Now the opposite of Daniel in the Bible is Samson. Now Samson was a man who lacked, totally lacked personal discipline. He had absolutely no personal discipline. The only thing he didn't do was not was was cut his hair. That was the only discipline that he you know, followed through on when it comes to his Nazarite vow or anything, even just the regular law. The only thing he didn't do regularly was he just didn't cut his hair. And that's not really a personal discipline because he even gave that up. But he completely lacked any sort of personal spiritual discipline. And because of that, a man who could have been a great example of, of faith and strength to us, a man who could have made a long-lasting difference in the lives of people around him for good, uh, he becomes one of our greatest warnings in the Bible. It's such an interesting devotional thought that Samson uh, is the strongest, phys physically strongest man in the Bible, and he was perhaps the spiritually weakest of all of God's people that we see. And it shows that all of his strength 
was for nothing. It was just a vapor. It was a moment. And, and uh, he had absolutely no spiritual strength throughout his life. Samson lacked discipline. And so when te- anytime temptation came, whether it was hunger or whether it was lust or whether it was anger or anything like that, whenever it came, he immediately gave in. And so if we want to overcome temptation today, because each of us are probably going to be tempted by something today, uh, the answer is discipline. That is the uh, best answer for us. Staying in the word, praying consistently and constantly, giving, fasting, all these things that we call the Christian disciplines, they're what keep us defended against temptation. They're what keep us near to the heart of God and to the, 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 the will of God, because we're disciplining our bodies and subjecting our flesh like Paul talks about and choosing to stay nearer to God and farther from sin. Now today is the day that the Lord has made and today as men we need to be durable. Durability is important because uh, I think everybody in here knows life gets tough. We live in a fallen world that is in an ever-hastening state of decay. We are in a sense, just sailing on a burning ship right now, if we you know, speak spiritually. Now, we will be rescued from that ship, but for the time being, we are being tried and per- perfected through the fire. Durability, endurance, is what we need in order to live in a way that glorifies the Lord. Job was a man who demonstrated d- durability to us. God allowed an incredible amount of suffering in his life, but it wasn't without a purpose, of course. And Job was able to praise the Lord in the midst of his circumstances. And so if you're struggling this morning, if you're going through something that is just wearing you down, then trust in your God. Do what Job did. Now, at the end of the book of Job, we see that he he does kind of falter a little bit and he gets a little bit upset with the Lord. I think we all understand that. And the Lord comes to him and he says, hey, you don't need to be upset with me. You need to trust me. Job was an example of endurance and durability. And so if you're going through something that's wearing you down, trust in the Lord. Endure. Be durable. Choose to bless the Lord in the midst of your circumstances. And if you're about to fall, then fall into the strength and provision of Christ. Cast your cares at his feet and then watch how he will strengthen you. We must endure. We must be durable. Christian living, of course, is not to take up our pillow and follow Jesus. It's to take up our cross daily. That is a... um, Somewhat disturbing thought if we really step back and realize, okay, what does this mean? It means we're going to take up our cross every day and crucify our flesh and, and allow the world to come down and oppose us and allow ourselves to, you know, um, uh, or choose to willingly do what Jesus did and serve others and say, yes, I will put myself second. Yes, I will subjugate my flesh. And yes, I will serve the Lord no matter where it leads, even if it leads to the hill at Calvary. Our durability glorifies the Lord and it allows him to use us more than we ever thought possible. This is the day that the Lord has made and perhaps today is the day of your deliverance. In Judges 4.14, there's this wonderful verse. It says, Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. Today may be the day of deliverance for some of us as we leave this place. Deliverance from some trial, from some temptation. Deliverance from some fear or frustration. Now, to all of us, I would say that we, as men, need to be looking for God's deliverance. Everybody in here is imperfect. Hate to break it to us, um, but all of us are imperfect. And so each of us must have some hurt or some attitude 
um, something that God desires to set us free from. Whether it's a relationship that needs mending or some sort of sadness that we've been harboring for a long time, a worry or a resentment or a bitterness or a prejudice, something within ourselves that the Lord wants to deliver us from. Well, today is the day that the Lord has made, and He's a God who delivers people. And so when we rise up and follow after the Lord, as we leave this place and say, yeah, Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to hear from you. I want to be in your word. I want to be in prayer. Then we're going to realize what Barak realized, that not only has God gone out before us to fight our enemies, but he goes with us as we fight, and then he follows up after us. The Lord loves to deliver But I think what's interesting is sometimes we as God's people forget about deliverance and we're almost content to be oppressed. We're content to kind of be in the state that we're at in that cycle of resentment or that cycle of temptation or sin or bitterness or any of those other things. And we kind of convince ourselves that, well, you know, sometimes you just got to stay in Egypt. And God says, hey, I want to deliver you from those things. And so... If you feel like you know, you're being oppressed by something, if you feel like you're being weighed down by something, or if you allow God to search your heart and you find some root of bitterness or resentment or prejudice, if that describes any of us, then we should let the Spirit of God and the Word of God be like Deborah this morning who said, Up, for the Lord has delivered you. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and, and perhaps today we might need to make a declaration. Maybe today... Uh, we need to make a stand for our king. We think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who boldly declared to Nebuchadnezzar that, no, I will not bow down before your golden image. It meant sacrifice, it meant danger, it meant a lot of things, but they weren't going to compromise their love for God no matter what the stakes were. And finally, these points haven't really been in a particular order, but I did want to end with this one. Today's the day that the Lord has made, and today we need to be men of dedication. Moses is a wonderful, fantastic picture of dedication in the Old Testament. We're familiar with his life and, his, and the stories. We know about his slip-ups and the miracles that God performed through him. But Moses' entire life is summed up in Exodus 40, verse 16, and it says, Thus Moses did, according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. And so when we walk out of this room, let us purpose in our hearts to be men of dedication, men that are willing to do what needs doing, men who understand who we are in Christ, Men who are willing to search the scriptures and who are willing to wait on the Lord in prayer. Men who are willing to sacrifice self and serve others. Men who are willing to stand for what is good. Men who are willing to sow seed and gain ground for Jesus Christ. Let us be men who are dedicated to do all that the Lord has commanded us to do. We decide. We decide how we're going to live our life. This is our life to lead. And so let us be men who are dedicated to the purpose of God and men who are ready to be used by the Master to change the world for time and for eternity. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen.